Evening.io podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Odetto Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the kinda raspy Adam Higgins, the Odet Out, and this is the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's right. That's like iTunes reviews for your podcast. They don't actually matter. And and this is the show where I ramble and rant and just empty my brain for your listening pleasure. And sometimes I just make fun of shit and just ramble. Because if you haven't figured out, that's what I do. Pretty sure I said that already. <laughs> uh, how's it going? Uh, sorry if I'm, if I'm a little raspy or my voice is a little more... Huh? Tonight, I don't even know how to describe that. I'm a little more maybe in my chest and more out there right now. My voice is much more on or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, singing in the car on the way home. Got it. Because uh, I made the mistake of forgetting to plug in my headphones to charge before I left for work or when I got home from work. And so they needed to charge on the way to work. So it is. So I couldn't sit there and listen to podcasts like I normally do when I'm in my van. I had to charge my headphones. And for those of you playing along, no, I don't have the means to uh, listen to podcasts in my van without my headphones. So I decided to throw on my uh, CD now. For those of you who aren't aware, CDs are these small, round, shiny discs that have music on them. And I have one. Actually, it's a double CD from the soundtrack to the film The Commitments. One of my favorite movies. I've been watching it since it first came out when I was a little kid. The music is amazing. Um, You may actually be familiar with one of the songs. If you ever have seen Miss Congeniality in the scene after her whole makeover and they're playing Mustang Sally, that is actually the version of Mustang Sally from The Commitments. So just in case you're curious, but I was listening to that soundtrack. This is a film and soundtrack that I am intimately familiar with as I've been listening to it and watching this movie since I was a little kid. And so, yeah, really just in there and just going. And if you've ever seen this movie, you will understand the amount of lung power it takes to sing along with any of these songs. <laughs> it It is an endurance trial of lung power singing along to any of this stuff. And it probably, for me, as somebody who... When I do sing, I sing in a, I I have a very wide vocal style and vocal range. I can't like sing particularly high or particularly low. When I say I have a wide vocal range, I don't mean like tonal. I don't mean like, you know, I can sing in four octaves or some crazy. I don't even know. It's more of my ability to sing clean 
or in various styles effectively <laughs> that I could sing uh, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman or Down With The Sickness by Disturbed or uh, Try A Little Tenderness from The Commitments. And all of these are very different vocal styles that I'm able to do because over my life, these are all musical styles and songs that I've tried to sing and forced myself to be able to do. So yeah, lung power. And which is funny considering I am somebody with compromised lungs from years of uh, bronchitis. <laughs> so kind of funny, but yeah, I really should do that more, especially considering that as somebody who's actually now getting more into voice acting and more on that later, it is something to do to, you know, open up my voice and, and kind of give it more depth, you know, get deeper and lower and be able to, you know, project and have the big whatever voice in it. Singing stuff like that really lifts the bass in my voice. And so I like, it's weird because I know when I'm singing, I can feel what it's doing in my chest and what it's doing in my throat and, and everything with changes in my voice. But it's really weird right now in the aftermath of that with my voice all warmed up and everything for me to be on mic and hearing the difference. It's really different singing and hearing that because I you know, I'm doing those things to achieve a certain effect when I'm singing. It's completely different to have my voice still tuned to that right now. And I don't know if you can hear it. I am hearing it when just for peeling back the curtain, I throw a lot of audio magic onto this to change the sound of my voice. For the final podcast, I, I I smooth out and I butter up my voice a bit just to sound, I don't know, clean, sound happier. I not even happier. I don't know. Just have a little bit more of a, a a fuller sound. Right now in my head, I'm hearing basically what I achieve with post production in my raw sound. It's weird to me right now. And I realize you can't hear this because you're just going to hear the final, you know, after processed everything. But it's weird for me right now hearing the chest in my voice. It's weird. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. And I, I think the reason I have the energy right now to sit down after work and record is because I was singing and, you know, belting my head off on the way home. <laughs> I just, it, it's something that I don't do very often. I haven't done in a while. And mostly because I listen to a lot of podcasts on the way home, you know, um, while I'm at work, I'm listening to podcasts while I'm driving home and to work, I'm listening to podcasts and I haven't been listening to as much music. And in part because it requires, you know, kind of selective, you know, being being selective about what I'm playing because I can't sing everything that I listen to for obvious reasons. I have a rather eclectic musical taste. And so I can't 
you know, I, I'm not singing anything by Selena Gomez usually, but yeah, there's the stuff that I do sing. I, I kind of made to be selective with, and if I'm going to do it, I want to go correct. And so it's, it's, it is a vocal strain. It is, it is very different. And it kind of reminds me of something I remember hearing uh, Paul Stanley talk about when he was in the Phantom of the Opera, because he was also on, he was like rehearsing for a Kiss tour at the time. And so he would go into, he'd be doing Kiss rehearsals in the morning. And that's one singing style. And then have to go every night to rehearsals for Phantom of the Opera, which was a completely different style of singing. And he said he had to almost completely retrain his voice to sing like that for that role, which was an interesting sort of thing as somebody like that who had been a professional singer for decades, but was kind of brought into this whole other sort of style and had to completely change his style in order to perform this role, but also at the same time still be able to revert back to his you know standard singing style be able to you know still be paul stanley of kiss during the day but be the phantom of the opera at night and be able to do that that is definitely a strain but it's it's a you know it's something i'm having to do right now and i think i need to do more of this i need to do more singing because good for my voice overall and realistically i think it's probably good for my lung power and my breathing and all of my chest everything because i can really honestly i'm i've said before i'm perpetually congested and i've tried using like allergy meds and stuff like that to deal with that but generally it just makes me sleepy so i don't but I could feel in my chest there are some songs that I was doing tonight that have some pretty deep chest, long holding notes and just stuff you just have to really just go out and project and almost like a yell, but it's deep in your chest and you feel it. And I honestly could feel the congestion and everything getting coughed up. Like having to hold this sort of scream and not like a scream scream like a metal scream but it's it's a soul scream and having to this yell and hold these notes for these long stretches because again if you're familiar with the movie the commitments or the soundtrack or any of that the actor who played the lead singer the guy just had in the movie and in the book it was based on they say he had a, his voice was a gift from god the guy who who played this role and actually had to sing all of the parts in the movie because the band in the movie actually had to perform all of the music i don't know filmmaking integrity or something this guy had lung power on him that could power a small country 
because the the things he could do and the way he could sing is not easy for anybody. And he was only 16 at the time. And it's really crazy watching that movie, knowing that this drunken pervert guy that is the lead singer of this band is played by a 16-year-old kid. (laughs) But yeah, crazy. All right, quick change of subject, because I just, I needed to get off of me singing. Um, Earlier this week, I put up a little blog post on the website at odddadoutpodcast.com, basically kind of talking about where I've been, what's going on with me, what's going on with the show. Um, Not like in a, oh, I'm struggling with this, but more in the, I guess, in the I'm struggling with this kind of vein, but more in the wanting to like me having difficulty with recording lately and my kind of disappointment in the show recently just with how I feel like I've been very repetitious with episodes because I will have large gaps of time go by between episodes and then it seems like every other episode is just another catch up on, hey, here's what I'm doing in the garden and here's where I've, here's why I wasn't recording for a while. And, you know, oh, life's crazy. Ramble, ramble, ramble. The end. And it was, it was, it's been a lot of that for the last few episodes and a lot of large gaps between episodes. And I've, uh, gotten a little bit into some of that. Um, I'll, I'll just give you the Cliff's Notes super short version. Um, prior to the last episode that I did, um, in the weeks before that, my father-in-law died. And so we were dealing with all of that. And so that's the big, I was avoiding talking about it. Uh, my father-in-law died and so it was you know it's kind of a really big thing from a our family perspective and going through all of that time period and with everything going on I just I couldn't sit down and record so I didn't and it also creates a big issue for me and the yeah I it's something to talk about but it's not really something I'm gonna talk about and so, of course, that's a right there pecking, you know, tapping me on the shoulder. Hey, are we going to talk about this? No, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, it's just, yeah, it was there. But I've, I've just been, I, I realize I've been really repetitious and I feel like I've been kind of boring lately, just kind of going back into, oh, here's a garden update. Oh, here's a why I've been away. Here's a vague um, not answer to why I've been away. And then I, I, as kind of by nature of the show, because I talk about my life and what's going on in my life and current events in my life in my, and I don't write this stuff out and plot and plan and arrange everything before I get on mic, I have the unfortunate problem of what I talk about is what is 
front of mind at the moment that I push record. So if I had something last week happen to me that was really interesting that I want to talk about and I'm really excited to share with you, if I don't get on mic for two weeks, I do not have any of the passion to talk about that exciting thing that may have been a really interesting story and may have been something worth talking about because I just don't have it in me anymore. It's not exciting to me anymore. It's not front of mind, passion, and jump like all up wanting to share this with you anymore. It just kind of has fallen into back of my mind. And so I don't necessarily want to talk about it. And so, yeah, uh, it's just kind of made me struggle with content and what to say when I have gotten down and, and recorded because it's just been, I feel like I've, like I said, I've, I feel like I've been boring and I feel like I've been kind of repetitious and I, I'm just, I've been kind of, like I guess kind of struggling with what to talk about because I don't want to not do shows. I don't want to not record and I don't want to not be releasing the podcast. I love doing this. But at the same time, I don't want to fall into the trap of recording and putting something out just to record and put something out. It is, as a, a consultant, a, a big red flag no-no. You don't just make something to make something. You It's better to make, to skip a week or two or four when you don't have a quality episode to put out in favor of putting out a quality episode. Quality over quantity and all of that type stuff. And so I've I've struggled to feel like what I have to say is of any substance or quality. And kind of the same with stuff on the website. I've been very disappointed in myself with what I've been posting when I'm posting episodes. I've been just basically putting in like a little summary blurb on the episode posts and that's it instead of what used to be for a while I was keeping up with the longer kind of blog summary. I, you know, kind of expand or at least have kind of a written summary of different things that I talk about. And it realistically, when I do write that stuff out, it is me putting into it. There's no way for me to really encapsulate what I say, just pulling thoughts out of my head and putting it and typing it out. I really don't know how to do that other than to take what I've said and generally put that into some other type of words and write that down in a way, but it really isn't all I've talked about. And it really, it's like discussing the subject completely over again when I write it. And if you've ever actually looked at any of the extended show note posts, on the website, you'll notice that there's, I might hit some of the same notes, but I don't really discuss the things I discuss like verbally when I write it down. It's not the same thing. So yeah, uh, writing is hard <laughs> and the blog post I put up 
that was kind of discussing all of this, which I have gone on much longer than it would take me to just read that. It took me a couple hours to write what I think is like 500 words. It's like four, 400 words that I wrote about just kind of crap in my head about difficulty producing the show right now and, and my difficulties and just sitting down recording and being happy with the show. And it took me like hours because writing takes a long time, especially when you're laying in bed doing it on your phone instead of sitting at a computer with a keyboard where you can write a lot faster because I'm stupid like that. Because for whatever reason, I find it easier to write on my phone than I do on a laptop. And it's much easier for me to write at my desktop computer, but I can't use that when my wife is working, which I've discussed before. But, you know, I've, I've, like I said, been disappointed with what I've been putting on the website. And I've been wanting to, you know, things like I've had recipes to post in the last two episodes about things. And I haven't even gotten down and sat and like really formally written out these recipes to share with you, which I feel like I should just do out of a courtesy because I gave you these recipes and some people can't just follow up recipe listening to them. It's, it's kind of nice to have a written recipe. I need to sit down and write this shit out. And so I really want to try and start filling out some of these old show notes and fill out some of these subjects, which requires me to go back and re-listen to episodes. But I just, I want to kind of, you know, fix up some of the stuff on there. That's a lot of wants and whether or not I'm going to actually do it or get to it, I don't know. But it's stuff I want to do. And I really want to get myself back on a regular recording schedule, which right now will be a little bit easier for me to do for the most part, because right now my primary podcast editing client is on a season break. So I don't have any work right now, at least as far as editing goes. And that's something I would do more at night. It would take up some of that time that I could be recording like I am. So that I'm, I may be able to be able to kind of focus more on producing this show right now because I don't have something else primarily taking that time away from me. Either way, I, I, I want to do more. I want to like get more back into the show and not just be rambling like I've been and not just like tired. <laughs> like, man, I'm so tired. And I was in the garden and I was working on the thing and thing and I'm so tired because I've, I've had so many I'm tired and, and garden update stuff lately. And I just, I don't feel like I've, like the, the show's main goal is to entertain you. And lately I don't feel like I've been doing that. So I want to try and get back on that, try and do some entertaining stuff. And I realized that some of the most entertaining stuff, I guess to me, some of the most entertaining stuff I've done in this show has been when I'm covering the news, just because it gives me something new to talk about. Because, and I, I, I've dodged the news a lot through the last year because everything with the pandemic and suddenly everything you talk about, everything you see in the news is a politicized story. There's so much politics and everything in like everything going on. And 
everything is so divided that it just makes it really difficult to exist and to do something stupid and silly like making fun of stupid people doing stupid stuff in the news. Everything ends up having some sort of weird political shit going on. And so I just stopped looking at the news because everything you see in the news is so, ah. And so I I stopped looking for news stories. And to be honest, I couldn't find a lot of just funny news stories that didn't have some sort of hostility in them. And I don't like dealing with that. I want to be funny and I want to be stupid. And I want to, you know, if I'm going to share something and, and teach you something, I'm going to teach you how to make, uh, f- fuck, what did I tell you make last? <laughs> Caramelized coffee. I'm going to teach you how to make a, a good Alfredo sauce. I'm going to, you know, watch my YouTube channel and you can see me plant green beans or something. I don't know. Did I plant green beans on the channel? I don't remember. I think I picked cucumbers. The last thing I did on the YouTube channel was rip out my cucumber plants, which led to the uh, migration of my little uh, mantis buddy that has since gone from the strawberry barrel that I moved them to, to they actually made their way back from the strawberry barrel and are now have taken up residence in our lemon tree, which is fine for me because we have a lot of little aphids and little gnats and and different types of like angel flies and things like that that are annoying that are in that tree and the mantis keeps them in check so you go mantis you know live where you want but yeah <laughs> it's it's you know if i i don't know i stuff like that where i want to show stuff and i want to do stuff like make a cooking video. I just can't, you know, it's one of those like self-conscious things about, oh, I want to make a cooking video. But in order for me to do that, I would want to have to clean the whole kitchen and make everything look, you know, nice and happy for a video. And that's a lot of stuff. And and figuring out how to make a, uh, it's just so much work. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's one of those goals to do, but I don't know if I'd ever actually do it kind of things. But I want to do stuff. I want to do more stuff and I want to, but my goal here in the podcast as it is, is to entertain and share stupid stories and make fun of stuff and just joke around and have fun. And again, the goal is to entertain and I want to get back to entertaining you. I think that's it. I want to get back to entertaining you because that's what I am here to do. And so. That being said, like I I mentioned before, one of my favorite, and I realistically speaking, anybody that I've ever asked, the number one most favorite thing about the show that everybody's always loved and always enjoyed me doing, it's time for Bullshit from the News. Bullshit from the News. I'm just doing two of them today, and I don't know if you want to call this a jackass of the week, but this guy's definitely a 
fucking jackass. Oh, Missouri man arrested after posting an ad for a catalytic converter. Selling his catalytic converter. Looks to be new inbox. Doesn't look to be opened at all. Posted up on the, I think it was the Facebook marketplace. Which, if you ever need to sell stuff, it's a decent enough place to go, I guess. You know, post it up on the Facebook and, and one of your neighbors will buy it. The problem was, behind the box of the catalytic converter on the Facebook post is a bag of crystal meth. Yeah. <sighs> Local sheriffs noticed the, and if you see the picture, I'll, I'll definitely drop the link to this in the show notes of this big ass bag of meth with a syringe and a spoon on the table behind the box for sale. Dude couldn't even crop his own drugs out of the picture. <laughs> and so the police, you know, went in and looked into, looked into it a little more. It's like, oh, hey, we're interested in that catalytic converter you got for sale. Um, oh, yeah. What about the meth? <laughs> the sheriff's uh, in their, their public statement after their arrest advised, if you're going to sell anything on social media, make sure your drugs are not in the background. <laughs> they actually, let's see. He had 48 grams of meth and a pistol that he was not legally allowed to own when they showed up with a warrant. Yeah. Come on, dude. Ah, oh, man. Uh, this is not the first time. What was, I think there was another story I covered where somebody was, I think they left their bag of cocaine on the self-checkout register at a grocery store. <laughs> and yeah, come on. And I think the, the Facebook, the sheriff's department at the time were like, hey, somebody left their drugs on the self-checkout. We're just wanting to return them to you. Just come on down to the police station and we'll return them to you. And the dumbass showed up because people who take drugs like meth and cocaine usually aren't too bright and usually are more concerned about getting their drugs back than, hey, the you're walking into the police station, you dumb fuck. But what can you say? You know, meth fries your brains. But just to repeat the lesson from the sheriffs. When you're trying to sell something on social media, make sure your drugs are not in the background. Uh, <laughs> one more. And this is just great. Keeping it simple today. Easing my way back into the news. This one's great. And I feel like. I should declare the museum the jackass. You know what? Fuck it. I'm pulling it out. Where is that damn sound? <laughs> Fucking jackasses. Danish museum wants artists to pay back the money they spent for after producing a blank canvas. Because they're fucking dumb. A Danish museum gave this guy 61 thousand, I think that's euros, cash to create 
artwork using the banknotes. So he's supposed to make art using the physical bills. Uh, and I guess he'd done this sort of in the past. He'd, he'd done um, a piece where they said representing the annual salary in Denmark and Austria. And so that they commissioned him to recreate these basically. But what he did took the money and he he gave them blank canvases and he titled them take the money and run <laughs> and i'm sorry you guys are dumb you you literally handed a guy a bunch of money and said give me art and he gave you art because guess what it's 2021 where somebody will pay $140,000 for a fucking banana peel stapled to a wall that's art in today's landscape. So I, I, and I honestly will give more credence to this because he gave you a piece of art because art is subjective, right? Who's to say this is not a, this is a wonderful piece of art and there's more meaning behind this blank canvas than anything you guys would wanted. You literally wanted to waste a bunch of physical money by having him glue it to a board or staple it or tape it or whatever the fuck you, how you wanted him to attach it. You wanted him to use the physical money and basically waste the money. Meanwhile, he's off spending it and stimulating the economy by buying shit because y'all are dumb fucking art snob dumb fucks. Sorry. <laughs> you just, yeah. <laughs> y'all are dumb. He, you gave him money, said, give me art. He gave you art and took the money. And he was a smart ass about it. Y'all are a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> Apparently, the contract that he had uh, technically says he has to pay them back. <laughs> because apparently, the physical money and the reason why they gave him cash and why it was supposed to specifically be used for this piece of art is it's Basically, the money is on loan and it's not exactly supposed, it wasn't a payment, essentially. They didn't pay him 61,000 pounds. They, here's some physical money to use in this art. At the end of the, the display, it was supposed to be, oh, here's his, his big art display. When that display was over, they were supposed to get the money back. <laughs> and I guess it's in the contract saying, he was supposed to give them the money back and he said, uh, fuck you guys, I'm taking their money. <laughs> it's, it was like, yeah, well, let's see. He told uh, reporters, the work is that I have taken their money. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> I encourage other people who have just as miserable working conditions as me to do the same. Is he adding that Recreating his past work would have actually put him $25,000 out of pocket. So basically, they wanted him to make this his, like I said, he did this like, oh, it's a representation of an annual salary or whatever. They wanted him to recreate that, but he had to give the money back. So essentially, he'd be working for free. Well, yeah, fuck that. Take the money and run, dude. I ain't even gonna, I'm not even hating on him. Dude did. He kind of did the right thing. Art snobs wanted to art snob. 
and they wanted to pay him for exposure. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. He wins, and I'm sure somewhere he's going to end up having to go to court, and he's going to end up having to pay the money back or some shit. Because what are the odds that any court's going to side with the artist? Because they never do. They're going to say, you stole the money, you had a contract, you have to give the money back. And he's like, bitches weren't going to pay me. They wanted to use, they didn't want to pay me for my art. Fuck them. <laughs> and again, in 2021, that's kind of where artists got to be. If they aren't going to pay you for your art, fuck them. <laughs> it's, it's a fun story though. I, like I said, I'm, I'm with him on this. And normally I'd be like, smart ass. Like, what was it, Banksy, when he had that self-destructing portrait and all that shit? Because he said, I never want my paintings in a museum. I don't need it sold in some art auction like some fucking art snobbery bullshit. And so when they tried to go sell it, what did he do? Self-destruct the painting. And the painting is still worth a fuck ton of money because it's still a Banksy. And now it's a Banksy that was intentionally destroyed by Banksy or whatever the fuck his name is. And so, yeah, <laughs> art snob's going to art snob. Fuck them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I am technically speaking an artist. I guess that's why my perspective on the art community is fuck them. <laughs> Sorry. I, when it comes to art museums and shit like that, I just look at it like, who the hell are you to say what any piece of art it has a, like is valued at and again from his perspective why should he not just take the money because they essentially weren't going to pay him for his work they wanted him to do work for free fuck them don't don't work for free especially if you're some sort of creative don't work for free i say as i produce a free podcast ah <laughs> uh, fuck but it's fun. <laughs> I needed that. I needed because that's just funny. I I need I need to do more of this, and I need to pull more stories and get shit like this. And I will make sure I have the links to these and some sort of a little write up for this in the show notes at oddataoutpodcast dot com. But before I go, and I realize that usually that means I'm about to do the spiel. I'm not doing the spiel. I do want to, like I said at the beginning, I want to let you know about this whole voice acting thing. I, I mentioned it in the last episode and I draw and I'm, I hinted at it at the beginning of the show. So coming up in season five, I've talked about the rise of King of Silas in the past. And I believe I mentioned the last time I talked about the show that I had a small part um, in season four. Essentially, I played kind of a hillbilly type character my daughter gets eaten by cannibals spoiler for if you missed that episode if you aren't already listening to the show but that being said when an opening was available for a main cast edition for season five the creator of the show jv torres came to me and offered me a regular cast part a like major, hey, I'm in every episode role. And holy shit, it's a paying role. So in the upcoming fifth season of The Rise of King Silas, 
I am playing Lord Peter Hemingway, which is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I am officially actually being paid as a voice actor on an audio drama, and it's fucking cool. <laughs> and I'm super excited. And I've already had to submit some of, you know, recordings and everything for the first few episodes. And I've got more I've got to work on, which I'll probably be working on coming up in the next few days to get it all. I want to get ahead of it just because when I have time to record, I need to record. That is what it is. But what's really funny, and it just goes to, you know, show the kind of person I am and where my brain is in the, hey, uh, it, it's cool that I'm getting paid for this, but I don't look at me getting paid for this job as a big, important thing. It's it's more of a, it's awesome somebody wants to pay me as a voice actor. It's amazing. And it, it's it's some level of validation for me wanting to do this work. But I'm less concerned about using this money as like a living, I guess, even as in my podcast editing business, I I don't live off of this money. It's extra money for me right now. Would I like to live off this money? Absolutely. I would love to be a full-time voice actor or podcast uh, consultant or editor or whatever and be working from home and not have to get up and go to work at night. But I'm not there yet. But either way, I got a paying acting gig. And looking at some of the scripts ahead of me, I've got to actually do some serious acting. I've got fights and battle sequences and shit. I've got to actually act my way through in these. So I've got to really step it up. I've got to actually flex some muscle as an actor in this. So I'm I'm really going to give this my all and really give my best for this show, which I'm a fan of. And that's the thing. I basically got into this show as a fan and somebody who followed him and I'd reviewed the show in the past. I became friends with the creator and now I get to be in the show and it's fucking amazing. But because of the way my brain works, well, like, hey, well, I've got this important role that I'm part that I've got to do now. I really think I need to upgrade my my recording equipment so that I can record higher quality uh, audio for this audio drama as a voice actor. It's different sort of setup than I use for the podcast. My recording space is different. I have a booth for recording audio, for recording voiceover stuff. I have a, like a treated space. And so I decided, you know what? Now's the time to upgrade my microphone and recording setup for that. And so I actually went out and bought a PodTrack P4 recorder and a new condenser microphone with a new boom arm and pop filter and all the bits and pieces for me to be able to record in my portable booth away from my office space where I record the podcast. I, I record the podcast at my desktop computer in my office in the open space. Voiceover stuff, I record in a treated room closet <laughs> in a treated closet space with a higher quality microphone with a higher quality recording setup so that I have the highest quality audio I can present as an actor. Not that you don't matter as podcast, 
but one thing's paying me, the other's not. My brain being the way it is, I literally spent more money on upgrading my equipment and my setup to do justice and do a good job with this role that I'm actually getting paid for this role. <laughs> I don't care, though. I honestly don't care. And realistically, it was just an excuse for me to buy this stuff. It's been sitting in my Amazon wish list for like years now. And so when this came up, I was like, well, I mean, it's good, it's good reason to buy it. <laughs> I'm totally going to justify buying it because I want it and I've wanted it for a while. So I'm going to buy it. And I can justify it by saying I'm getting paid for this gig and I need this stuff for this gig. It doesn't matter that I literally spent twice what I'm getting paid for this uh, this acting job to get the equipment to use it. I don't care. I'm enjoying the fact that I am, was invited to be an actor on a show. Holy shit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really what I'm excited about. So if you want to hear me on the latest season of The Rise of King of Silas, season five drops on Halloween. You can go to theriseofkingofsilas.com or look for them on all of your podcast listening devices or on Twitter and Instagram. And I think they're even on Facebook. I haven't, I'm going to say, I, I, I don't do a lot on Facebook anymore. That whole Facebook shutdown earlier this week really didn't affect me too much other than trying to send my wife the thing on Instagram. But yeah, <laughs> check them out. And again, it drops on Halloween. I, I'm saying it now because I don't know when I'm going to be able to get back on mic. I want to get back on mic faster and more consistently, but I'm not going to guarantee you I will be back before Halloween. I don't know why I won't, but I'm not going to make any promises that I don't want to break promises. That being said, you can find all the past episodes and ways to subscribe to the show and support the show, whether it's through Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee or the merch shop or just a PayPal donation or whatever the fuck you want to do. All of it's at odddadapodcast.com. You can hit me up on the social medias or share me, tag me, whatever, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at odddadout. Of course, there is the Oddballs Facebook group, which I'm... I had an idea for something I kind of want to maybe think about starting to do. Whole lots of uncertainty in that last little statement there. But there's something I had an idea for. Maybe it'll be a fun game to play with members of the group. We'll see if I do it and if they have fun with it or if they blow it off like me trying to do personal days and shit, which was kind of lame and just poorly executed on my part. But that's me. But all that stuff. Ha. <sighs> Now I'm getting tired. I think all of my my singing energy is leaving me. So I will just leave you with this. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the show. Share it with whoever the hell you feel like. That is the best thing you can do. I don't give a shit if you review anywhere, but share it on social places because that's what you do in, in 2021 with stuff you like. You share it with people on your social medias. Again, tag me. I'm at Odd Dad Out. You can leave me a voicemail and I will play it on the motherfucking show. 516-636-7631. That is 516-OTOPOD1. Leave me a voicemail. I'll play it on the show. 
or not up to you i guess but share your shit you can text me there too if you feel like oh so much stuff to do just remember thanks share it or not i'm not your dad unless you want me to be that was awkward good night everybody and (laughs) i can't even Uh, thank you and good night You can leave me a voicemail and I will play it on the motherfucking show. 561-636-7636. I just threw a bunch of fucking numbers at you and I don't think any of that was my phone number.